Hello and welcome to another edition of Storytelling on Orchard Street. I'm your host, Pete Salameda. And uh, with me in the studio is John Piotaro and Laurie Towers. They have been performing together for over decades as a duet or as the red microphone with saxophonist Ross, Mosh, I'm going to have to tell me if that Moshe, Moshe Burnett, and Rocco John Yacobone. Thank you. <laughs> Plus others. Or protest song combo, The Flames of Discontent. Pietaro's latest book, Innocent Postcards, Poetry, Ciphers, Verse, will be launched April 1st, which is right around the bend. He's also an active percussionist and art journalist, and you can find him on johnpietaro.com. Laurie, in addition to being a uniquely gifted musician, is a nationally recognized publicist sitting at the helm of public relations firm New Masses Media, balancing work on both East and West Coasts. Uh, you can find her on laurietowers.net. The pair hosts Beneath the Underground on FMU, a great show, which I highly recommend you guys checking out. Welcome to the studio. Thank you so much, Pete. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, so, well, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> we have to talk about the fact that it's only audio. There was a problem with the video here. And I want to thank you both for being very understanding. And, and it's a shame because you're such a good-looking couple. Oh. And how are we with, my audience is going to have to look for your lovely faces online somewhere. I didn't get a chance to really shave properly. Today, I, so I shaved. Really the and I, I shaved all around. You jinxed us. <laughs> Oh, there's so much to talk about. I love your show, by the way. Oh, thank, thank you. you so much. Um, let me see if I can describe it. Well, obviously your poetry, you know, comes through there. And you also talk about other poets, right? And you bl blend a mix of kind of like avant-garde, uh, like New York City, you know, avant-garde stuff from like the 70s and 80s, mm -hmm. um, funk, some punk, mm -hmm. uh, jazz, yeah, soul. Yeah. Did yeah. I miss anything? No, I think you hit it all. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much right. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And I have gotten to see uh, you perform on stage um and you're a, tr a terrific um combination uh, i love your bass playing laurie thank very you powerful so and oh, funky thank you so much thank you, you know what i thought of today what do you remember uh let me see if i get his name right jamal dean uh, oh. Oh, are you a fan oh huge and i got to meet him okay oh yes. because when I, I i don't know what made me think of him i was like yeah oh, when i was listening to your bass playing i was like oh yeah I'm glad little I came bit, today. Oh, a little yeah, bit of Tony, uh, Tony Levin? Uh, Charles Mingus, Carol Kay. I mean, everybody right, right. who, you know, and even guitarists. Jocko Pissoris, right. obviously. Mm -hmm. And Eddie Van Halen, I mean. Oh, okay. Just a right. Lot of but you play very uh, funky and also kind of aggressive, you. kind of a yeah. little bit of a punk edge to it, right? Mm -hmm. like so where does that. that come from? I just think it just, I play for purpose. So if it's right. what we're doing, and you know, this, this, being a musician, you're like a sponge. You don't right. know what affected you right. until it comes out. Exactly. And sometimes you don't have the paper trail for right. it, and that's fine. As long as it works for the minute, it's great. Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what came first, being a couple or b being an artistic um, couple? Hmm, isn't that interesting? I think it was simultaneous. Yes. We actually met at a jam session. Correct, John. I ah, was okay. playing drums, and she wasn't playing bass, just I was singing. singing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we were young, and... Um, we started playing music together, and it uh, just went from there. We mm -hmm. just started doing different projects together. And I think it's safe to say that uh, somebody even commented the other day about when we, when we worked together in this setting with the poetry and the bass playing as the duo, somebody said, wow, like, that's so deep. It was a lovely thing to hear. You, know, you two are a couple, yes. and you have this incredible understanding of yeah. each other. And I right. said, that's exactly right. Mm -hmm. right. We, uh, we are immediately... 
you know, I, I know where she's going. She knows where mm -hmm. I'm going, but I take a breath. If I can't, I, don't, I try not to wear glasses on stage mm -hmm. if I can't quite see right. my own poetry uh, you know, in the reading. She knows when I'm slowing down for one reason or another, and it just and then takes over, and we keep trading back and forth that way. So when you met at the jam session, did you jam that night? Yeah. I was singing that Oh, night. okay. And he was, and, you know, it was one of those things that you don't know you're necessarily going to, you know, meet each other in a certain way, or it's going to be permanent, but obviously it was. Mm. Okay. Yes, and, and and many years ago this was. Yeah. Okay. To clarify that. Yeah. Right. How, how many? You don't. You don't want to say. Oh no, we, uh, we'll <laughs> say I was seventeen. So oh. we were like really. So young. we're wow. both sixty-two. So we could do you've been together that, that long. We've yes. been together. Holy that long. cow! Well, we weren't That's married amazing. immediately. No. But right. No. Right. <laughs> but that came a little later. But yeah, it, we, it's a very, very long time that we literally grew as yeah. artists and as adults together. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, were you doing poetry at that time also? Or well, I was always a writer, uh -huh. but I never thought. To, I mean, some of the poetry experiments I had, they're better left in the drawer. But I was, uh, I was a, a writer of short stories, okay. always, and something I've always loved, and even nonfiction. And then I got very deep into journalism, arts journalism primarily. And uh, it actually was one person who read my, my prose who said to me, you are a poet, and that nice. was uh, yeah, that was Amina Baraka, yes. that's Amiri's huh? uh, widow, wow. who's a great poet. Mm -hmm. That's uh, that's some uh, I, some source. That's, pretty, that's a that's good nice compliment. Cash I in. felt yeah. real good about that one. Right. She goes, "No, you are a poet." Wow. And now all you have to do is just recognize that. I started writing seriously in the poetry form, and that was only about. Gotta tell you, that wasn't that long ago. Oh. Ten years, maybe. You think so? I thought it was a little longer than that. Maybe a little longer, but mm. we're, you know, we're talking about like I just thought, oh, I'm I'm a fiction writer and I'm a journalist and. As a fiction writer, were you published? Uh, yeah, well, actually, uh, my first book that I put out uh, was uh, it's still available. Um, it's called Night People and Other Tales of Working New York, and it's what I was calling. Um, uh, it's like proletarian literature of the 30s, but it was a contemporary version of that. Right. Okay. Um, so we, we um, usually I start off trying to get backgrounds uh, uh, of the guests I have on the show prior to their creative, um, you know, awakening or person. Like, mm -hmm. so um, where did you guys grow up? Brooklyn. Okay. Yeah, different. And sections. you're a Queens guy, right? No, no. I, oh. But Lori was born in Queens. I was Queens. born in Elmhurst Hospital. I was okay. born in Queens, raised in Brooklyn. All right. Yeah. And, and, and I've been in Brooklyn my whole life. In the house. Because we have a mutual friend, John uh, Carpente. So how did you know John? I did not know that. Oh, no, I told you um, at, at George Wallace's. Oh, you know what? You did say I, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John. I, was, um, uh, I met John uh, when he, he was... Uh, see, he was a music therapist, and yeah. I met him at Rivington House, and then oh. we... Um, uh, Lifebeat, who I was working with, um, we actually funded his program that he was doing at Rivington House. And then John decided to start his own uh, music therapy organization, the Rebecca, Rebecca Center, which is uh, on the Malloy College campus. So um, I was the founding board president with the oh, Rebecca Center. Oh, wow. My wife did the logo and everything. I had no idea. How cool right. is that? Yeah. And then um, somehow I saw you comment on, on one of his posts. And yeah. I was like, oh, wow. Right, <laughs> you know, right, it's a small right. world it sometimes, is. isn't it? Oh, yeah. I love right. that. Not that small or maybe right. smaller. Uh, because here's the thing. Um, I worked in social services for right. quite a long time. And then... Um, and in, in what capacity? Of caseworker. You know, okay. I worked for the city and, you know, I, during the AIDS crisis. And... Uh, 
it was a it was a rough time, and then I decided let me. I was able to go back to school for just a year and get right. certified as a music therapist. Uh, John and I were in school at the same time. Oh, is that how you met him at, yeah. uh, at NYU? Uh, no, I've been to, he went to NYU later. Oh, okay. Um, I already I already had a master's in education, so uh-huh. um, we both got our bachelor's, which is all you needed at the time right. for uh, certification in music. Master's therapy. in therapy, music um, therapy. Yeah, yeah. It, but so but you only needed a bachelor's at right. the time. So John went back a little bit after when he was done with his bachelor's. I started working immediately in the field, and Rivington House is where I worked. And I was there for three years. What, what, what years? Well, I, John took the job over from me, as far as I remember. Wow. Okay, so I, I worked for Lifebeat, and we used to do a, a show every yeah. Thursday night yes. upstairs. See, that, and I don't think that was happening when I worked there. Well, it would have been... Uh, the first three years they were open is when I was there. Oh, was so there what year, do you remember? On. 90, was it 92 or 3? Okay. And then, so, so, so yeah, it was either 92, 3, and 4, or, or something like that. And then I ended up moving on to... Okay, so I came on board after that. Okay. So I, I, I did, um, I, I used to bring musicians to play there. Oh, that's cool. Uh, not just there, St. Vincent's, St. Luke's, uh, Roosevelt Hospital. Um, uh, what's the one on... Uh, anyway, uh, it was a bunch of... Uh, mm-hmm. Terrence Cardinal Cook. Oh, yeah. And I got musicians to volunteer to go into these places. And in the 90s, it, uh, AIDS was still a very devastating Absolutely. thing. And Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we have that connection, too. Wow. That's really and cool. we're both drummers. Yes, it's really <laughs> Yeah, we have so many connections. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. You know, and John, uh, by the way, uh, he, we worked when we were in school. at. Uh, we were actually going to school because I couldn't afford NYU. Right. Mm. And I figured I already held a master's. So I said, you know something? Let me let me go to this school out on Long Island where John went, and that's uh, Malloy College. Right, right. And I, I, by the way, I grew up in Rockville Center. Oh, did you really? Oh, then, right. So I was really very familiar with Malloy College. Oh, yeah. very cool. Yeah. Well, we we were there together, and then uh, it was a summer program, um, uh, the Anchor Program, that takes place out on like Lido Beach. Oh, okay. Right down sure. On the end there. I've been there many yeah. times. Yeah, it was really <laughs> nice. And John and I both worked there as music counselors. We were. Okay. Um, working with the population of uh, well, it was both children and adults, and they were, it was there was a lot of uh, different levels of um, you know people having a disability. Mostly, it was folks who had learning challenges, learning disabilities, that kind of thing. But then there was some that were more profoundly uh, disabled, and it, it was a challenge to do this. Sure. I worked with mostly adults, and John worked with. Uh, I think he worked with the kids. I, I can't remember. Did. Right. And um, anyway, but we did a big music festival. Mm. I've always organized big right. events. Okay. And um, he played guitar, and uh, I was playing a drum set that w- was donated uh, by the Long Island Drum Center. Oh. And um, the Long Island Drum Center was in. Uh, uh, I can't remember. Was it Merrick? I don't know. Well, I know because I think I got my there. first drum uh, set from them. From, you from you probably did. Yeah. They they lent us for this uh, two days that you know it took. Um, uh, you know, it was just wonderful. They lent us a drum set. I just brought my cymbals and snare right. drum. They um, they also lent us because they have a section of that for um, you know amplifiers and, and other equipment. They lent us a, a couple of amps. So John came as the guitarist. I, a friend of mine who was a keyboard player, who was a music teacher, right. um, she came and she played keyboards. Um, I don't. You weren't playing bass, were you? Wasn't that? No. 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 Okay. For some reason, that didn't work out. But anyway, all I know is that it was just we had this little band, and we were backing the kids up. And it was totally different 
right. than when they just used records and they sang along the records. I mean, totally different. Sure. And we had this one young lady who, very meaningful when you're going through things like these, these clients went through, I will survive. Mm-hmm. And we're, right. we're backing her on this, right. and she was crying. You know? wow. And that was the kind of yeah. beautiful right. occasion. Yeah, that's what you sure. want. Yeah. Wow. Mm. You still doing music therapy? You know, here's what happened with me. I did that for years, right. and then I, I've always been a labor activist, and right. I started working full-time in the labor movement. Oh, that's what I thought. I've seen yeah. from, from, from your post. That's yeah. yeah, It's pretty much what I've done for the last 22 years, but oh. I'll say a secret right here and now. Okay. I'm burnt out, and mm-hmm. I'm really ready to go back to uh, some kind of social service mm-hmm. work. And okay. I'm actually actively considering that right. as we speak. Right. So, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's, like a, funny, it's yeah. a funny joke when people say, hey, Lori, how's your husband? I say, he's revolting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a revolting <laughs> development. <laughs> so you're a comedy duo also. I don't think you have to. Or drink. It's one or the other. Right. Or both. So who, who plans the music or do you do it together on, this, on the radio show? Did we say whether, like, I, we announced where oh, that was. Well, yeah, we actually, you mentioned the name of the yeah. show. Uh, Beneath it, the Underground. It's right. uh, streaming on WFMU's Sheena's Jungle, Jungle Room stream. Right. But it's not also on FMU live on Wednesday. Oh, it's it's live if you go right. to the stream. Yeah. It's it's a right. live stream, and then after that, it's it's on the uh, the archive. The archives. So, what? Okay, so the, so there are shows on FMU that only go stream, and it's mm-hmm. not on the regular. Right. That's uh, right. Okay, exactly. right. we're not on exactly. the FM. No. Right. right. Yeah, there's about three or four different um, live streams out of FMU. It's a very right. very hip station. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I've been a. I actually, I, I was on FMU a couple times. Mm. <laughs> really? I was a guest DJ uh, with um, Wild Girl. Uh, oh. Do you remember her? From the Sounds n- familiar. She, 80s into the 90s. Yeah. 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 She did like, um, she play, played like uh, like Garage, mm-hmm. and uh, she also talked about NASCAR, like race, racing oh. and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I was in a band called Styrene's, and we did a live show. Yeah, uh, a live set. The, uh, I mean, a yeah, live set. Yeah, yeah, that's live really set. Cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's nice. Yeah, yeah. So, um, do you write po- uh, poetry or other? No, no. She's no, a very no. good writer. She's just being. You know what? I use my writing for publicity and stuff that we have right. to do. Uh, but as far as poetry, no, no. no. Well, it sounds like you're really active. Um, your job is a very um, oh yeah stressful, time-consuming thing. You know, time-consuming is the stress I love. Okay. I love it because if I feel like if I have downtime, I think, okay, I either forgot something or I did something wrong. Right. I love movement. But how do you get the energy movement. then to be a performer too? It's, it must be you hard. know, you pull it out of somewhere. And right. you know, when you like, this is the beautiful thing about right. this, when you like what you do, it's not like work. True. You know, you just right. enjoy every minute of it. And of course, you get exhausted here and there. But right. I enjoy it. It's it's wonderful. I always say I live like a rock star. Right. I'm enjoying life. Right. Mm-hmm. And what's the bicoastal thing? Like you have to go back and forth. Or? Oh no no. But what's what the beautiful thing? The only good thing that came out of COVID is you could dial in anything. So I have right. clients that I represent on the West Coast, and unless there was a big event that I would have to be at, right. I could zoom. I right. could just. Uh, so you're okay. always there. You're always you know you just one tap away from everything. Got it. So. So we're. Already 15 minutes into the show, I had a feeling like we yeah, would yeah, be very comfortable talking, but why don't we uh, hear uh, some of your artistry? Well, you know what, I'll, I'll play, we often perform as a duo, but the recordings that we've done, and these are for the ESP disc label, um, there were two under the band's name, the Red Microphone. And in this case, the Red Microphone is not just Lori and I, it is uh, the two saxophonists you mentioned, Ross Moshe Burnett, 
and Rocco John Yacovone. Plus, on this particular album, we had the amazing trumpet player and multi-instrumentalists, uh, Mac... Uh, Golahan. Uh, thank you. Mac Golahan, um, who, his career goes back to the 80s, and he actually worked with Bowie and Blondie. And oh, okay. Buddy Rich's big wow. band. No and kidding. Buddy, yeah, wow. he's an amazing right. studio player. And, uh, and he got to be a friend. And, right. you know, it's and a good I friend said, to have. <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> talk about friends in high places. And I said, hey, Mac, would you be interested in coming and doing one, just one cut? And he goes, yes. Nice. And he never left. He stayed oh, in the studio. Awesome. So right. he's on the whole album. Nice, man. Cool. So and you play percussion on the album? Um, on certain cuts, right. I do. Um, mostly it's hand drums. Right. But um, the, the album before, I'm playing drum set and reading the poetry at the same exact time. Get no way. Really you're reading hard. while you're playing drums? Yes. I tried that. I'm not, I just can't do it. <laughs> well, it's a lot easier to right. do it when you're not using all of your limbs. So when I'm doing <laughs> hand drums, it flows. But the full drum set, I will tell you, it's a challenge. It really is. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to play a little and bit of... Do you uh, memorize your poetry when you... No. No. I so it's really hard. You have to... Yeah. I actually <laughs> had it on one of the tom-toms in the right. studio. I, I, know, I, is, uh, I, did, I tried it. It's not easy. Yeah. Okay, well, let's hear, the, let's hear yeah, it. Yeah, well, this is uh, from the latest album called A Bleeding in Black Leather, so named for my latest book, uh, not the one to, to come out, but the one that came out okay. uh, two years ago. So this is A Bleeding in Black Leather, phase one, because there's three phases of it, and basically, because we're here on Orchard Street, we right. are in the Lower East Side, deep into it, this is basically a history of downtown. That's what A Bleeding in Black Leather is. Okay. So here is phase one. The air restrains our mid-August fever, contained hungrily of greed and vice in the near cool of night. First Avenue dreams, though restlessly so, during what now passes for after hours. Poets, poets, poets moan of downtown past, yet the village hasn't been since Cobweb Hall went dark, and the Bohemians outed by prying eyes. Provincetown played Reed, O'Neill, and Malay, but Mabel Dodge shuttered her salon when Emma was deported and Jack left. was a weapon, art was a weapon, and the masses anew, and cafe society bristled in blue. Strange fruit hung over Sheridan Square, and daily workers shouted for freedom from want, freedom from fear, freedom from want, freedom from fear, and Woody and Pete sang songs for John Doe, cultural the rebel, the seer entombed. Subway ride oh, from sorry. Brooklyn. <laughs> that was intense. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> John, who else was on our piece? Was was Dave Ross on that one? Um, and yeah. Javier we actually had this? two okay. guitarists. Let's see if that's... I, I'm not picking one. you up as 
much as I'd like for some reason. Yeah. You're all the way tuned up, though. I can get I can get in a little closer. Okay. We have, did have two electric mm-hmm. guitarists on there, and I'm, I'm glad you said that. Word. So Javier Hernandez Miaris, um, wonderful guitarist that I've known since I was in college in the 80s. Okay. And um, the other guitarist is Dave Ross, uh, more known as a jazz guitarist. So when you hear certain lines that sound sinewy, that's right. Dave. Okay. And the stuff that has well, I was thinking the bass line is also oh. s- like that driving, but you know, yes. sinewy. Oh, yeah. 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 And I think what was that? No, I was on the on the half Oh, that, that was the half That was the half okay. Yeah. Yeah. Lori usually plays a fretless bass, but okay. um, which is my favorite. Right. But she she mixes it. Yeah, up. that was the half oh. Right. So. Yeah. So that's a great track. Ah, thank you. The poetry, the music is yeah. killer. And the music was composed, <laughs> Rocco, right? yeah, Rocco Yakovone. Yeah. Uh, I said to him, can you write me something? And I gave him all three, sa- you know, like I say, phase one, two, and three, which literally goes through the history of the Lower East Side, um, starting from, you know, John Reed and, and people like that in the salons and all the way up. And uh, he came up with this. Right. So then I said, okay, now for, for phase two and three, we need to just vary it. So right. he wrote all of that in, in phase two, and if you if you want me to keep going on that track, we can, or you know something else is fine either right. way. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I'll leave you it choose. You're the guest. Um, should we just do phase two? You want to jump to that? I or think jump so. To phase as three? long as it's not too lengthy, because uh, I'm trying to remember the length of these, but um, phase Doesn't three say. probably would be the best one because yeah. that brings us more mm-hmm. into today. I think you're right. Right. So, and this one I have a great effect on my voice. By the way. The yes. co-producer of this album, also the man behind all the controls and who did the mastering, is Ivan Julian. Oh yeah. Is you, do you know Ivan? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, actually, you know, uh, I was in a band then. He uh, he produced a oh. little, eth- little thing we did. We never re- released it, did we? I don't remember. I don't think it ever came out like on mm. CD or vinyl or anything. Yeah. Yeah. He's, a, he's a great guy. And he's a nice man. Yeah, yeah he's a great guy. Very patient. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's got he's got the street cred for this downtown mm-hmm. stuff. Right. But he played with um, Richard Hell and the yeah, Boy Goods. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what a great band that I, was. Oh, it's one of our favorites. <laughs> you can't get better. Him, no. Forget yeah. about it. Yeah. So, uh, all right. So here we go. Uh, Bleeding in Black Leather, Phase 3 by the Red Microphone. <laughs> Bowery Mystique by The Loft's Birth by Sun Ra, Closet High Modern Oblique, O'Hara and Jones, Corso and Waldman, Magnetized Blackened Skies, and Eiler, well before the waiting, cried out new blues, Heart of Raw, as the eyepiece of bookstore and pubes of poets of poets of pubes of poets offended decency, nascent bugs killed for peace yodeling Oh, my God. 
and curfews of Washington Square. Draft card embers grade our spring, yet how many, how many, how, how, how many weren't marching anymore? War over war over war, all sorrow over now, baby burning, burning, baby, baby burning, surging, burning as Baraka moved north. Stare down the man and Newport too, reclaiming the music, reclaiming, reclaiming, renaming, renaming the turning, the burning. Sun's hearkening gray flannel neath Woodstock rainbow fading as Warhol lay on factory floor bleeding. But horse thought to race away the vagrancy brought in the business ghetto the rest and the poetry church redeemed all but the global piss factory. The echoes will whisper of sweet Jane and roses and street love in spurts.
alphabets cost me. Mama, la mama, no Rio. Deflected the Novo. Chris Dora reflected die. Yuppie, scum, and stockholders and whores bent down for act up. The riots were time. Tempting old valor, masked with religion of prayer for the bomb. A prayer for the bomb, one with night air repelled by miasma. I seek, I seek, I seek only the root to reveal. And nothing was left of tarantulas dancing, just relieving the letting. Relieving, relieving the letting, the letting, the straying afield, pulse drumming divisions, shout out the silence. Distortion of passion and amplified steel. So, um, when, do you write poetry like f for a piece like that? Uh, you're writing the poetry specifically for this, or was it a poem you had to write in and so yeah. put music to it? Which how does it go? Well, I actually wrote the piece, um, but I knew the kind of thing I wanted in the background. Right. And as I was writing it, I realized it's too long to have. I mean, you, that was a pretty lengthy piece, and the one before it's even longer. Mm -hmm. And then the first phase is short. Mm -hmm. So I decided, let me break it up accordingly. And when I asked Rocco to put down the music, the rest of it was improvised. I mean, he had that basic tune, which ends on the phrase, uh, bam, 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 you know. Mm -hmm. The rest of it was all improvised. And they would look at each other, and just mm -hmm. those chords they were playing, there was nothing, you know. I was inspired by what they were doing and vice versa. Right, right. Yeah, there's a lot of give and take there, oh, totally. definitely. Yeah. 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 And you hear like the difference a, in well, sound. It's, the Steinberg was on that. I was playing the Steinberg on mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. So you got that fuzz effect. Yeah, which I really like. Yeah, needed for that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's um, the influence for you, for the both of you, for for this? Like, you know. You know, it's it, I guess because I know him and because I, I know his work, um, I know this was go going to be a little bit more on the darker side. So I... We, I put it in the hands of Rocco, mm -hmm. who came up with this, and okay. he, he was very specific as what he wanted, so I really didn't have um, too much area to explore. That was the line for this. It was like, that and that, and, right. and that was it, and you couldn't. And you know what? That was enough. That was just perfect for, it was just the bottom, right. the string section. Sure. And that was the hardest thing I had to do, because there's a tendency to want to go out, right. but the three of us, it was Dave, uh, Javier, and, and mm -hmm. myself, we couldn't trip each other up and turn the beat around. So there right. were a couple of times after a while, you just go on automatic pilot. And it's almost like realize, trance. Yeah, mm -hmm. and then, yeah. oh, wait, 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 and just look at each other. Right. And yeah. that was what? How many minutes? I didn't notice. Of but maybe it's, seven it's, minutes yeah. of just that. Right. Right. Except for one thing. And that's the as hardest, one of the hardest things to do as a yeah. musician. Yes. Right? Repetitive things. Yes. Yeah. But, yeah. but there were points when the three of you at different points turned the beat around, mm -hmm. which was great. Mm -hmm. Right. Because it didn't matter. You right. Know? right. Everything was flowing in a, in a different way. But again, way. the eye contact was there. We're all in the same room. And, and yeah. And it was, 
It was perfect. And yeah. I think all of these, I think the, the, the number of takes, the top take was three takes. Huh. So I we did, so. was it even that much? Yeah, I think that we had a couple with two takes. It sounds very yeah. live. Yeah. yeah, the rest yeah. was, right. Yeah, I mean, it was literally live with everything. Did you have any, anything else, uh, any other parts overdub, or is no. it all this? This no. is the way it was recorded. Was no overdubbing. We did this whole thing in the <coughs> studio. The last piece is just me speaking, um, doing the spoken word, with playing bongos. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. There is a one piece where Mac and I are doing a duo, uh, poetry and trumpet. I'm I'm just sorry that Laurie and I didn't do any duos in this. You know, I because I realize now how much that would have added to the, and the don't variety. Don't forget, you did a duet with Gwen on, well, she, on the she, prior. Record. Oh, the prior. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you know, we try to keep it because it, it, it is heavy. The sound right. is heavy. It's very thick. So if we had every cut just being, you know, a septet like that, or, or you know, it, it would just be a killer. Mm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So generally speaking, you write the you write the um, the poetry, and then you you read it, or Laurie reads it, and then Laurie, you come up with a part. Generally speaking, for most of the stuff you, you do. You know what I love, Pete. The thing that we do is. We have, we have, there's certain orchestration and there's certain things that we do consistently, but there, it always turns out differently every time. Right. I mean, and it just, it's just the mood of the day, it's just the mood of his delivery. It might be a little off. So my, right. I mean, I try to follow his lines and go out and meet him back. Um, so I think, I, I love the fact that it changes so much. Right. So, and, and that's the thing. It's, there are certain things that have to remain constant that we do. But the other night we did a piece, mm -hmm. but, and it was different than the last time we did it. And it's great, and that's, that's I think that's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. And if we're right. excited, and we're not doing everything by rote, the audience is excited, True. and that's I right. love that. It's right. the edge of yeah. the seat. And I'll tell you, the, the other night, which you were just referring to, we were at the KGB mm -hmm. bar. Okay. And um, I, I have uh, a few pieces in the new KGB bar literary mag. Nice. So the guy who runs that wonderful um, guy, um, Carrigan Miller, you may know. He, um, um, yeah, yeah, he's somebody you, you should okay. definitely would love to have the him. The place on. is he's a great, great place. Yeah. You'd love it. Yeah, right. the KGB bar is just you know, incredible. Right. And so he invited me to come and do a couple of pieces, and I said, well. I want to bring Laurie, and he took it as, oh, Laurie's my accompanist. Oh, and he announced no. it that way, right. and I said, just want to clarify. Right. We are literally on equal terms here. When we work as a duo, it is, um, you know, we accompany each other, right. and we play in and through each other's lines. So, right. So it's totally improvised in that right. regard. Yeah, so I, I do um, something with a guitarist. You saw it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh, it's Fred Argenziano. We've been friends since the late 70s. We were both drummers, and now he's really a guitarist, and I'm a poet. <laughs> we don't really, either of us are playing drums. But we're, we're a little different. Um, so I, I come up with a po poem, I send it to friends to co come up with something. But the weird thing is, every time, he, I, every time, I don't think there's been one time where I was like, no, something else, it, mm -hmm. you know. But we're not improvised. We're just like, mm -hmm. we're, we're, we practice, and we, we mm -hmm. do it at the same time. Yeah. You guys have more of like a, kind of like an avant-garde jazz thing going yeah. on. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're, we're more like, Blues, folky kind of thing. I was going to say it's more song based. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, song based yeah, with yeah, but yeah. but no verse. Like it's poetry, yeah, yeah. but it's, mm -hmm. yeah, it's yeah. almost a song. Yeah, I, it wouldn't be that hard to make them into songs. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it adds a couple verses to it. I mean, a couple of uh, uh, like, some choruses. Uh, yeah, a chorus, or chorus, yeah, some yeah. kind of refrain. Yeah, yes. right. Do you ever play um, outside of this uh, as a bassist? I don't have time. Yeah, I, I was going to say probably. You know what? And I love it. And I love it. But you know, I always say. I love being on stage, mm -hmm. and I love 
everything afterwards, and then I go back to my regular life. Right. And then when I'm needed, I well, go right back it's in. A, it seems I like you guys it. love playing together. Oh, yeah. And it's, uh, what's it's a blast. why do something else where yeah. you got to be with it's, other people? It might it might not be as much fun. And you know, right. It's it's a wonderful thing that we have. And and anytime there's a, a duet or any musician you play with or any artist you work with. There's got to you've got to feel safe. You got to right. feel trust. I totally agree. And that's right. what really makes the difference. Right. Because sure, things could go wrong. Right. But he's got my back. I right. I have his back, mm. and it just we always land where we should. Yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah, it's like um, you know, me and Fred have been talking about. Well, maybe we should get other instruments. Sometimes mm-hmm. his uh, nephew plays with us, <clears throat> and but then then I keep thinking. You know, we work so great together. I agree. You know, you get somebody else in there, and it might change it. It might be like. Um, uh, is that person into it? Yeah, or are they no, going to, you know, want to show up to and the... And it changes the yeah. intimacy. Right. Just going to say that. Yeah, yeah it absolutely. does. Right. But, but it seems like you perform a lot, so you, you get a, enough oh, yeah, of a, yeah. your creativity. Uh, I, yeah, yeah, you know, he dusts me off. We yeah. go on stage. And seems I go like back. you do it a lot. But no, we, <laughs> we, ha- we have a good time. So right. and, yeah. and if that ever stops, I think we'd stop, but I don't sure. see that happening. Right. Yeah, no, it, there's no reason for that to happen. Right. And I haven't, um, I used to perform a lot as a percussionist, drum set or hand drums and right. small percussion. And I played with a lot of people. And um, Lori only sometimes was involved in that. She usually would say, you know, I don't really have time to, to get into that. Right. But the stuff I played was uh, almost entirely avant-garde jazz. Okay. So uh, whatever instrument I was playing, sometimes there's written melody. But I'm totally okay with free flying. You know, they, right. they, I always say to somebody who goes, oh, did you guys work this out? Said, no, we're improvisers. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, you've, you've been doing it for so long. Yeah. It's just natural now. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. It's the like words are never improvised, but <clears throat> the application is. So I'll get into something I hear, whether it's us as a duo or in the larger ensemble. I'll hear something, and that'll cause me to do repetitive section, you know, and stumble over it and rhythmically bouncing around it. And then get back on track uh, only rarely do I actually skip lines and leave things out right you know I you know I, I want the poem to be recognized but I also want to make sure it's is alive as is the music mm. what I feel like I felt like I heard a lot of references to m- musicians and and music parts in that yeah, I mean, the, the whole... Did, um, did I hear Love Comes in Spurts or something? You did, yeah, <laughs> you did. Yeah, yeah, so you got the Richard, Richard yep. Hell yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the, the whole piece. And there's other things, Fugs and, yeah. you know, so... Got it. I think so t- tell me about what, what the, the, the this poem or the trilogy means. Um, well, here's what I can do. Uh, let me just... I have the book here, which I will okay. happily gift you with. Oh, thank you. We, we can swap books. Sure. <laughs> I have my well, book we here didn't too. bring cookies, so... Yeah, uh, right. Book. We, we didn't bring any cake with us today. <laughs> Why are you a baker? But, uh, <laughs> no, no, you no, always no, want to no. go someplace. It's yeah. an Italian thing. You bring a little something. <laughs> I know. But um, yeah, I mean, so I never. I don't know if I've ever gone to somebody's house without bringing something. Yeah, you, <laughs> it just would feel so right, weird. Right. Exactly. But if I guess that, don't bring something. Oh yeah. Well, we thank you for that. So of course. Yeah. That's so cool. the book itself is kind of an homage to downtown, and those right. three. I had that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And those three sections are. Um, but it's more than just music downtown. It's also. No, it's in general. Right. It's, right. it's the politics. Right. It's, um, That's what I thought I heard. So there's social aware, uh, absolutely. issues. It, it's all in there. And But let's face it, really good um, art, no matter what medium, right. really good art should be reflective of its time of course. and place. Right. So most of the stuff that I have listened to, um, you know, films that I, I've always enjoyed, whether it be in any, in any medium, right. uh, it almost always has some connection to reality. 
Right. Because what's what is the artist's work to do if it's just for art's sake? Right. Nothing wrong with it, with being purely. It's got to come from somewhere. It's got to come from some meaning or something. Uh, you know. I think so. Uh, uh, right. Yeah. So that's what you heard a lot in there, uh, and like any other live thing, when there's music, sometimes some of the words get blurred out. So you can you can read it on your own. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah. And even that that this book um, two years ago, I think is it's on the uncollected press. Um, publishing house, very mini publishing house that they've got. Uh, and I was so pleased. The guy said, you know something, this feels like New York. Mm -hmm. Right. It so, really does. Yeah. yeah. It took me back to, um, I don't know why, it reminded me of seeing um, Hammy at Bluet with mm -hmm. Marvin Smitty Smith in a loft, oh. Oh, in, yeah. in a loft space. Ah, wow. Just the two of them. You, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can imagine. Yeah, Hammy yeah. at Bluet, who passed away just mm -hmm. a couple of years right. ago. Right. Um, yeah, amazing. Well, the solos you heard in that, the first one, that screaming tenor solo, that's right. Russ. Mm -hmm. And right. he's, he's like wonderfully notorious for that. Right. You know, you want to say to him at some point, take the damn horn out of your <laughs> mouth. Because <you know>? uh, <laughs> right. I had said to him, guys, give me blasts, explosives, right. sure. but not too long. You know? Right. Mm -hmm. And they get carried away. The next one was Mac, and it's usually very hard to do that on a trumpet. Mac could play with as much dexterity as a saxophone is. Wow. So he's screaming on that right. trumpet, and then went down to the low end. Uh -huh. And then the third solo you heard in that one was um, uh, Rocco, John Yacovone, mm -hmm. who was playing alto sax. Okay. So you heard three different temperaments and three different instruments, right. purely freely improvising. Right. Remember the World Saxophone Quartet? Oh, God. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Right yeah, so it's, it's that and then Arnold Lindsay and all that kind of stuff, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, those are all big. I mean, for us, you know, bands like the, the original Golden Palomino. Golden Palominos, yeah. Totally loved uh, material. Was, oh, right. Uh, the only thing I never loved about material is when they were doing some like rhythm machine sounding things. Right. And there was no reason to because they had such a great right. band. Right. Sometimes they overdid yeah, They were yeah, a little that, heavy on that. Yeah, it's the only thing. But, you know, that was all from that same era. Right. Um, you know, yeah, Jaw Wobble. Were, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hold your Suzuki. <laughs> yeah, so many great stuff from right. that period. And right. that's really, to me, that's the downtown sound right. you know, that we tried to capture. Right. Cool. Um, where, where are you guys performing? Uh, so this is going to go up. Uh, so today's the 22nd? No, 3rd, 24th. 23rd. <laughs> I lost track of time. So it looks going to go up in the next week or so. Perfect, yeah. So March, tell me about March things for you guys. You got things in March, baby doll. Well, I, you know, I don't think we do. Oh, as, no? As, uh, you know, uh, so, so I'm happy to say that, uh, well, first of all, um, I do a lot of work with Gene Pritzker, mm -hmm. who is a real hardcore composer, but who's totally punked out in, in everything he does. So Gene um, writes these gigantic pieces, and he loves incorporating poets. So right. tomorrow, which will not be tomorrow when folks hear this, right. but um, we'll be at New Blue. And um, you must know that. Space, yeah. Right? Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah, I love it. So we'll be at New Blue doing one of his large-scale pieces, and a section of it will include my poetry and a couple of other poets. Okay. Um, but in March... Yes, you know the one I'm talking about for you. March Joe's, Joe's Pub. Yeah. Going to be a Joe's pub wow. with yeah, Gene Pritzker. Yeah, I love yeah. Yeah. You've been there, right? Yeah. Oh, I that's such a great place. place. Been a while, but yeah. Oh. Now, one thing and what's about, that going to be? That's, um, well, it's the same thing. It's one of Gene's pieces, and he asked me to write uh, some poetry to go kind of with the piece. But he's an improviser as just as much as he is a har terribly, amazingly schooled musician. Right. The guy can read anything, and he composes, but yet he loves improvising, mm -hmm. and he loves that grunge, that downtown mm -hmm. thing that we love. Right. So um, it was kind of a great match when I, I happened upon him. 
And uh, um, so we'll be doing one of his pieces with one of my poems there on March the 9th. And I'm embarrassed to say that I know there was a couple of other small things, but I, I don't know. Here's what I would ask folks to do. Come to my website. And of course, nobody could figure out how to spell my four-syllable Italian last name. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> it's not that bad. Yeah. Well, it's John Pietaro, and that is P. Just pronounce it Pietaro. That, that, that would make it easier. It but, would, Pietaro. Which is how they tormented me in school. <laughs> that was only the nicest of the torments oh. with that name. <laughs> oh, well. You know, P sounds like a lot of things when you're you know, in the third grade right. or fourth grade. <laughs> well, you're going to get tormented for some reason or another. Always room. <laughs> always room for torment. Right. But johnpietaro.com. And if you're not sure about the spelling of all that stuff, how about this? Check us out. The Beneath the Underground Radio right. is how it's listed on both Facebook and on uh, uh, Instagram. Right. And um, if you do that, you can always follow us over and you'll be able to pick up on any of those things. I mean, and I'm always thrilled. And as far as Lori goes, there's no better musical partner for me. So oh, I wish thing. she was part oh, of those. But we definitely will be booking some he stuff. He knows where his bread is buttered. But yeah, yeah. no. He, <laughs> no, it's He true wants a quiet ride home. That's what he wants. <laughs> but I think I, tw the 22nd, we're going to be doing a, uh, maybe about an eight-minute set. Didi Champagne is having oh, something oh, um, oh. for Women's History Month. I think oh, it's yeah. the 22nd of March. And where's so that? So we'll be... That's going to be, what is that place in Brooklyn? It's not too Young far on 4th Avenue? No, I can't think of it. Dee Dee, if you're listening, I'm so sorry. Where, where, where is it near? Um, it's, you said, oh, I love that place. And I said, you know what? It's, a sh it's the night of our show. And I said, we'll be able to come back in time to go on the air. Okay. It's right. terrible. I can't think of it. But anyway, there are some things coming up. And uh, yeah, and we'll keep pushing it. And anybody who follows us on Facebook or whatnot, you, we'll yeah. definitely put it out there. Okay. Yeah, there. Uh, so I usually read something, and then when I was going to do this with you guys, I was like, well, there's so much to talk about, and it's two of you, um, so I was like, maybe I won't read something. But then when I found out you worked at Rivington House, mm. I want to play a piece that I wrote about uh, mm. somebody that was a resident or a mm -hmm. patient or however. Yeah, resident. Resident, yeah. yeah. Um, so I just need your cable, yeah. my cable, your cable <laughs> from your phone. Yeah, please. and it's called R Rivington House on Rivington Street. Oh, nice. So I hope that... When I plug this in, it works, because last time it didn't. <laughs> so let's see. Yeah. the plate size button and the front door of the residence automatically opened and he wheeled himself outside out the door and down the ramp and up the block to the park it's not central but it had trees and benches and sometimes pretty girls flitting by it took him back back when he was young and had game now he was stuck in his chair Watching life on the Lower East Side leave him behind. He didn't recognize anyone anymore, and he missed the old days. Hanging out on the street corner, drinking a Colt 45, 
and bragging with the crew. They are long gone, and Jimmy's corner bodega was now a fancy boutique. He quickly gulped down his Bustello, afraid some well-meaning hipster would toss coins in his grind. No, he didn't take handouts, at least not that way. And yeah, he lived on the government's dime, but not by choice. by his choice. facility despite the hanging beads and the colored lights and photos of his angel plastered on his wall it was just a hospital room when you get down to it been eight years and he can't even remember how it came to all of this or he was really good at forgetting he opened his sketchbook and drew gods and heroes in a place much better than this. Time was suspended as images filled the clouds and the pencil moved across the page. The minutes of the day chipped away. It was time to go back and wait in his room for the squeaky wheels to come down the hall and be served a plate of humility pills and a cup of juice to wash it down. To wash it down. I don't know. It, it was... He had... Um, he was in a wheelchair. Um, he was a Hispanic guy. He, he had a lot of... Always had a lot of jewelry on, like silver and jade. You know what I'm talking about? It's, you know, it's hard to say. And he did draw... And folks he, yeah. Yeah, I know it's such yeah, a description. Sadly that, enough, yeah, mm. that was an intense time. Yeah, do you oh, think yeah. about it sometimes? I think about it all the time. Right. Um, there were uh, my principal job was in the day treatment program, um, but uh, when I got started there, I mean there was only three residents, and so they said, "Well, so you no really were there in the be very beginning." Yeah, I yeah. think it was like the second month or the wow. third month, maybe. Okay. And they said, um, "We don't have any day treatment running. Would you mind?" You know, you're, you're being paid, so work in the units. I said, of course. And um, I've written a lot of stuff about them. Mm. But one of the guys that um, his family had rejected him because he was the first to admit he was a terrible father and, and husband. You know, he lived by the needle. and uh, A lot of the people had uh, rejection for many reasons, mm -hmm. um, from, from friends, family, and then they didn't get visitors. Um, it could yeah. be that they were the, their welcome out from their lifestyle or oh, from what happened you know yeah. or from what happened or people were afraid to visit them because of of aids mm -hmm. you know there was a, still a fear so, in the 90s right so. absolutely it continued on and some people are still that way you know but the, it was amazing to see how people would respond whether it was to music i was doing bedside sessions with an acoustic guitar with right. a nylon string 
and to see how people would respond to it right. was amazing. And once the day treatment program got going, it was just there's some of my best memories of any work I've ever done anywhere. And Laurie was so inspired by that that mm -hmm. when they Rivington House and the Village Center for Care, when they opened up a program in Brooklyn in Williamsburg, mm -hmm. she started volunteering yeah. there. Uh -huh. Yeah, okay. Coffee Street. Yeah, right. in, in Red Hook. Right. Red, yeah. Did I say Williamsburg? Yeah. Red Hook. Right. Absolutely. And that's when Red Hook was Red Hook. Yeah. You would get get off the bus and there'd be gunshots. Sure. And it's you know now it's more, it's one of the most expensive places to live in New York it's City. It's crazy. Yeah. Like the minute yeah. IKEA came in there, you know that's <laughs> so that's so really it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's yeah. rewarding work. It just it really is, yeah. and, and you really see the power of music. Mm -hmm. um, I saw so much great music. It's just hard to pick out mm. uh, one, f f you know, uh, uh, from the other. But you know, Oludar. Yeah, of course. Yeah, he came with. Remember really? that album he did uh, uh, um, from Natchez to Mississippi. I don't think I know that album. So you know, he was um, known as a cornetist, yes. but but he put an album out where he plays guitar, and it's oh. like blues and African and calypso based, oh. and it's a great album. He brought the whole band, the Terrence Cardinal Cook. You know, mm. it was this, you know, five I think five piece band mm -hmm. in a little hospital room. With people, you know, really sick, you know, from 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 AIDS, it was unbelievable. That is great. Jewel and, yeah. and we got Jewel to go to uh, Rivington House. Mm -hmm. um, um, Jewel, she was like really popular in the nineties. Oh the singer. Really? Oh, 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 well, she lived in her car for a while. She oh, knew. Yeah, she right. knew. She, it was yeah. she was here in New York to do the um, tree lighting. Uh, it was Thanksgiving. Oh, what a decent thing to do! Yeah. So we got. And uh, um, 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 what's his name? Uh, Marsalis. Um, Branford. No, Branford. Oh. He, he went in and he just sat there and asked people what they wanted to play. Uh -huh. And he would play it. So I, it was unbelievable. Uh, and not a great stage, right? Yeah. For me, it was like, all right, so I knew I was doing something good because, yeah. you know, uh, going in there mm -hmm. and we would talk to the patients and we'd bring candy and we'd bring music. But I got to see unbelievable mu music and pretty much like, all the Broadway singers did it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and you know, it's like yeah. to hear a Broadway singer and yeah. just a, a slightly out of tune piano in a, in a small <laughs> room. You, know, right you realize what great singers oh, they yeah. are yeah, when you hear it like that. impeccable. So does, we're, does Life Beat still exist or did it? I don't think so. I think they might in a very small, f uh, you know, bad. capacity. Yeah, when I'm not I sure. When I, I used to do a lot of the referral stuff when I was in the day treatment program, and that was one of the organizations I had reached out to, but right. you know, nothing ever happened. Oh. So I'm so glad that you yeah. ended yeah. up uh, bringing it there. Right. Um, so we got like say four or five minutes left. Um, first of all, is there anything else that we didn't talk about that's I think important we to you guys? Everything. Yeah. And nicely. Okay. We could have gone yeah, on for yeah. three hours. Appreciate this so yeah, much. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And well, we mentioned um, April first is when my new book. And again, that's innocent well, that's an, postcards. A very important thing to to, to highlight. Yeah. yeah. I'm very psyched about this. And so, where will people uh, be able to find it? Well, it's through uh, Roadside Press. So you got the shirt on, but we <laughs> unfortunately can't see it. Yeah, see, I thought maybe. But what I we're going to do is, before, listen, as soon as we're done, let's take uh, some sure. selfies. Okay, and yeah, 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 that's cool. So nice. we'll, put, we'll post that up. Yeah, right. that sounds good. Maybe I should take a picture of you guys here. So as we're speaking. And John, also mention the book, the book, the book, uh, I was gonna, yeah. the book event that we're having. What is it? That, that's going to be um, well, yeah. the 31st of May. 31st of May. 31st yeah. of That'll May. That'll be here on the Lower East Side. That'll be at uh, the so, Delancey. So I got the pictures that we can put on Delancey. the screen when we're okay, for good. YouTube. <laughs> Delancey, right? Yeah, the Delancey. The Delancey, right. It'll be there on the, the May 31st. That's a f Saturday. Friday, Friday okay. night. Friday night. Mm -hmm. Thank you. 
and it's going from 5.45 till 7.30, so it's, uh, it's a little hard to get a booking there. They, right. they get snapped up really quickly. It's a great place. But we've got this booking solid, and um, we're going to be performing. We'll have some of the other members of the Red Microphone, and uh, we're going to have some other poets uh, sitting in with us, too, uh, Puma Pearl being cool. one of them, because nice. she's a real downtown lady. Yes, for sure. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And that's on the 31st of May, but between... In the uh, the first of April, and then we're going to make sure that uh, we hit some of the bookstores and, right. and mm -hmm. get out there and do some readings. And of course, yeah. readings for us right. always means as a duo. Right, right. So you never read. Uh, well, you're doing that well, thing with at the Joe's yeah. Pub, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I I do read alone, but I'd right. rather not. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's really what it comes down. Well, to. you know, um, Fred was like, "Oh, you know, you you, you should read one of your poems um, without me." And I'm like, well, "Why would I do that? Yeah. <laughs> if you're with me, why yeah. would I?" Do course, that, yeah. yeah. You know, I prefer it at this point. Yeah, yeah. But maybe it's because we 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 both came from music first, right. right? Right. So now you know, and then we did the poet, and now you say, well, I can do both at the same time. Yes, that's the comfort I think you're zone. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. Do you write with music in mind? Sometimes I. Listen. I mean, it sounds like what I've heard so far mm. is very musical. Yeah. Sometimes I actually write to a piece of music. Right. Um, the new book has a piece about. Um, well, it's it's it's. Do you want to read it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Why don't you read? Yeah, it? I can do that. Yeah. I mean, a little weird without it, but the the um the new uh, you know something it's I'm wrong about it being um the new book has yeah Blue Monk. So this is something I was listening to. It's a great song, months, by the way. Right. I was listening to that over and over and over again as I was. Uh, da -da. And that's kind of what first propelled the whole piece. Okay. Um, until I get the actual book in hand, though, I've got to dig through this uh, paper version of it. And the, the other night, we were sitting at the bar and stepped away for a minute, and I don't know how it happened, but my, my proof of the book from the publisher somehow walked, walked away. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> Um, there was a lot of bourbon happening that right. night, so anything. Somebody has a collector's uh, uh, I item. I don't know. I don't know what happened. It was the strangest thing. Um, and damn. Um, and baby, we have to we're, oh, use up our four minutes. Well, I know. So. I was trying to find that piece because I just mentioned it. Um, how about I do something else? Yeah, because sure. I'm, I'm concerned about uh, hey, using, time is using up too much of the time. Um, because I think this might be an incomplete copy of this, and okay. that's the problem. Right. Um, but uh, let me just find. Here's a here's something that was not written to music. <laughs> so that's how I'll differentiate it. This is totally out of order, but this is something that I guess uh, I don't want to. I'm gonna. We'll end this with a, a fun thing. Bourbon on blue collar ice. Scent of bourbon on ice, slice of orange, possibly. Sits on tongue and nose as distortion paints the road and arrows point on afar. Fading airwaves and echoes of Bowery at Bleecker, smoking Hammond, still calls to the least of voices, 48th and 8th. Tones displaced, post-Orwell demanding, harmonies beyond meters, pulses unfelt on any wrist, wrested from old jukes, lost to decades of turbulence and rage when blood too flowed to uproarious babble. Blurred beats, mesmer phase, we never cried out who and why, but the skies bear witness 
there wasn't an America so knowing and so of the populace, regardless of what Jefferson wrote and signed, denied. Here, reverbs echo plaster's streets beneath. And what is left of Burroughs Bowery? What became of Alphabet City? To hell with the power and eat the rich through days of Reagan and Bush and Trump's autopsy. All right. I remember the night you wrote that. Yeah. I remember that exactly. I wrote it, I wrote it on a, uh, a bar stool. Yep. Seriously. So I want to thank you both for being <laughs> fa you. fantastic guests. Thank the only you. way this could have been better is if one of us thought to bring cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Shame but, on um, me. You know, Shame on me. Or me. Uh, I, I actually was a baker. I had a bakery. So okay, I should have brought that. cookies. That's yes. right. You said that. <laughs> okay, so um, you've been listening to Storytelling on Orchard Street, recorded uh, in the podcast studios of PT Knitwear Bookstore, 180 Orchard Street. And my guests were John Piotaro and Lori Towers. Um, check their, their music out, their poetry out. Go see them. Buy John's new book. And. Um, Piatero.com. Uh, <laughs> John Piatero. John Um And uh, Lori Towers. Dot net. Dot net. Yeah. Okay. So check them both out. They're wonderfully talented people and um, very nice people too. So Thank I you. hope you all enjoyed the, this great show that I enjoyed. And I just wish there was a video, but... Anyway, what can one do? What, yeah. <laughs> so thank you all, and thank you, John. Thank and you Lori. so much. Thank you. Take good care. Peace, everybody. Yep.